0: Uh, You know, there are lots of important facets, Mr. Karanjawala, in this um, order of the Supreme Court. I'm just going to go through a couple of them. One of the points mentioned by the Chief Justice is that reliance on newspaper reports and third-party organizations to question the statutory regulator does not inspire confidence. This is an important point, isn't it? Because so much of the arguments which were mentioned in this case relied on third-party sources which were not verified. Well,
1: this is certainly one of the factors that the Supreme Court kept in mind when coming to its conclusion. But, uh, so before I sort of get into a dialogue with you on this question, there are two things I want to point out. First of all, so that it's, uh, you know, public knowledge, Adani is a retained client of the firm. However, in so far as this matter is concerned, the firm has not been consulted at all. Right. So, whatever I speak to you will feel what is available in the public domain.
0: Right. Uh, go ahead, sir. Would you like to add a little bit more to what my, to what my question was? And, 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 you know, that really had to do with what the observations of the Chief Justice on reliance on newspaper reports and third-party organizations to question SEBI doesn't inspire confidence. This is important, isn't it? Because as I mentioned so yes. much of Everything in this case relied on third parties and which was unverified information. So, that's one
1: aspect of the case. But the real heart of the matter lies somewhere else. Yes. It lies in the following things. There were, as far as SEBI was concerned, 24 investigations against the Azani group, out of which today, 22 are completed and the Azani group has succeeded in those investigations. SEBI itself at the end of those investigations came to the following conclusions. And this has really nothing to do with what is uh, reported in newspapers and otherwise. So, the conclusion is de that. The conclusion was and is very clear. One, that the Azani group did not, as far as SEBI is concerned, one, that the Azani group did not violate and no law was violated in the rise of the share prices of the Azani group. Two, as far as the Adani group was concerned, no investment laws were violated. 3. As far as the Adani group is concerned, the requisite information that they gave was adequate and accurate. And 4. Again, as far as the Adani group was concerned, they did not violate the minimum public shareholding which was required. These investigations have been concluded by SEBI and the Supreme Court has chosen not to interfere with these findings. So, as far as SEBI is concerned and in a sense as it has also, these findings have now received the imprimatur of the Supreme Court because they have declined to interfere in the same. Two other investigations are pending. Mm-hmm. Those two investigations, when they come to a conclusion, we will see what SEBI has to say on that. In so far as there were three other challenges as far as the petitioners were concerned. The first challenge the petitioner said was that this should not be investigated by SEBI but should be investigated by an SIT. Yes. The court has declined to interfere and has said no, SEBI is the correct authority to adjudicate. Secondly, what the uh, petitioner said was that there were two amendments made one to the SEBI foreign portfolio regulation of 2014 and the SEBI listing obligations and disclosure requirements of 2015. The petitioners came to court saying that these amendments were wrong they should be revoked and, the, and a different uh, law should be put in place. On this again, the Supreme Court has refused to interfere, saying that regulations made by SEBI are a part of delegated legislation and we will not choose to interfere in the same. So, this is in a nutshell basically what has happened today. As you rightly said, obviously, it's a big relief for the Azali group and also for their shareholders.
0: So the other point that one of the several other points mentioned by the Supreme Court was this. The government and SEBI need to look into if there was any infraction of law by the Hindenburg report on short selling and if so take action in, in accordance with, with law. Is this not critical? Shouldn't somebody be punished? You know, for, for, any number of people have lost no, their first, money in this entire so, thing? So first, so,
1: first, while the government will look into it, they will first have to see whether there is any infraction of law. Right. And if there is an infraction of law, is there infraction of the law as is valid in India? And then, of course, the law will follow its own course and if some wrongdoing has happened, those people will be uh, punished. But that investigation is still to happen. Right? Was there an infraction? Was it illegal? And so on.
0: Uh, Another point which I found really important over here, is that the petitioners in this case had raised questions on the credibility uh, of some of those in the Supreme Court appointed uh, committee to look into these allegations. And the Supreme Court today made it clear that that was unacceptable.
1: Well, that's something on which I'm happy, personally, because out of those five or six people on the committee, two are personal friends of mine.
0: And uh, one one final question to you you know we're talking about uh, in a sense the Adani group because it uh, impacts uh, the Adani group quite directly. But would you not agree that this is actually about millions of investors in the country and that this verdict has far reaching ramifications, small investors need to be protected. You cannot just pull out allegations from somewhere, bring the markets down, affect the company, affect jobs and lifetime savings. Isn't that the larger issue that we are looking at?
1: So this judgment has an impact At three separate levels. One is obviously to the Adani group itself. Secondly, to the shareholders in the Adani group. But the third impact is a slightly larger one to the market, to the market at large. And the message that goes out is that the market today is large enough and resilient enough to withstand such aberrations. If something goes wrong, it will be rectified and the system is sufficiently healthy to take care of any aberration of this kind if it happens again. Also, next time round, if a similar report is made about another group, perhaps the reaction of the public at large will be with more cautious.
0: You know, one final question to you. Again, an important part of this, the Chief Justice saying, before concluding, and this is towards the end of the judgment, public interest jurisprudence was developed to provide access to ordinary citizens. Petitions which lack adequate research and rely on unsubstantiated reports cannot be accepted. Is this not a strong message to the legal fraternity?
1: Well, it's see, what has been reiterated, or stated today has largely been the reaction of the courts over a period of time. Right. While they have always encouraged public interest litigations, they have always been careful to interfere once they found that the basis of those public interest litigations was not substantial. So, in a sense, I think the chief has only reiterated and the court has only reiterated what has been the prevalent law. It's not something new that has been set out. The courts have always been encouraging of PIS but at the same time have always only been encouraging of bona fide PIS. Right,
0: right.